comes to us from Joel chapter 2, the second of the minor prophets. Joel chapter 2, and we're going to be reading this entire chapter tonight. Joel 2, beginning at verse 1. We hear now is God's word. Blow a trumpet in Zion. Sound an alarm on my holy mountain. Let all the inhabitants of the land tremble, for the day of the Lord is coming. It is near, a day of darkness and gloom, a day of clouds and thick darkness. Like darkness there is spread upon the mountains a great and powerful people. Their like has never been before, nor will be again after them through the years of all generations. Fire devours before them, and behind them a flame burns. The land is like the Garden of Eden before them, but behind them a desolate wilderness, and nothing escapes them. Their appearance is like the appearance of horses, and like war horses they run. As with the rumbling of chariots, they leap on the tops of the mountains, like the crackling of a flame of fire devouring the stubble, like a powerful army drawn up for battle. Before them, people are in anguish. All faces grow pale. Like warriors, they charge. Like soldiers, they scale the wall. They march each on his, own, on his way. They do not swerve from their paths. They do not jostle one another. Their marches in his path. They burst through the weapons and are not halted. They leap upon the city. They run up the walls. They climb up into the houses. They enter through the windows like a thief. The earth quakes before them. The heavens tremble. The sun and the moon are darkened, and the stars withdraw their shining. The Lord utters his voice before his army, for his camp is exceedingly great. He who executes his word is powerful, for the day of the Lord is great and very awesome. Who can endure it? Yet even now, declares the Lord, return to me with your heart, with fasting, with weeping, and with mourning, and rend your hearts and not your garments. Return to the Lord your God, for he is gracious and merciful, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love, and he relents over disaster. Who knows whether he will not turn and relent and leave a blessing behind him, a grain offering and a drink offering for the Lord your God. Blow the trumpet in Zion, consecrate a fast, call a solemn assembly, gather the people, consecrate the congregation, assemble the elders, gather the children, even nursing infants. Let the bridegroom leave his room and the bride her chamber. Between the vestibule and the altar, let the priests, the ministers of the Lord, weep and say, Spare your people, O Lord, and make not your heritage a reproach, a byword among the nations. Why should they say among the peoples, Where is their God? Then the Lord became jealous for his land and had pity on his people. The Lord answered and said to his people, Behold, I am sending to you grain, wine, and oil, and you will be satisfied and I will no more make you a reproach among the nations. I will remove the northerner far from you, 
and drive him into a parched and desolate land, his vanguard into the eastward sea and his rear guard into the western sea. The stench and foul smell of him will rise, for he has done great things. Fear not, O land. Be glad and rejoice, for the Lord has done great things. Fear not, you beasts of the field, for the pastures of the wilderness are green. The tree bears its fruit, the fig tree and vine give their full yield. Be glad, O children of Zion, and rejoice in the Lord your God, for he has given the early rain for your vindication. He has poured down for you abundant rain, the early and the latter rain as before. The threshing floors shall be full of grain. The vat shall overflow with wine and oil. I will restore to you the years that the swarming locust has eaten, the hopper, the destroyer, the cutter, my great army, which I sent among you. You shall eat in plenty and be satisfied and praise the name of the Lord your God, who has dealt wondrously with you, and my people shall never again be put to shame. You shall know that I am in the midst of Israel and that I am the Lord your God and there is none else and my people shall never again be put to shame. And it shall come to pass afterward that I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your old men shall dream dreams and your young men shall see visions. Even on the male and female servants in those days, I will pour out my spirit and I will show wonders in the heavens and on the earth, blood and fire and columns of smoke. And the sun shall be turned to darkness and the moon to blood before the great and awesome day of the Lord comes. And it shall come to pass that everyone who calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. For in Mount Zion and in Jerusalem, there shall be those who escape as the Lord has said. And among the survivors shall be those whom the Lord calls. Here we end the reading of God's holy word. Well, last week we began a new series of sermons on the 12 minor prophets. And you recall they were called minor prophets, not because of their message, but because of their size. They tend to be smaller than the major prophets, Isaiah and Jeremiah. Last week we talked about the book of Hosea. Hosea, the prophet of God's love. Remember the idea of their children of God marrying his people. God marrying them and making them his own. Hosea, the prophet of God's love. Tonight, we have a different picture as we look at the prophet Joel. Joel, the prophet of God's judgment. And in Joel's prophecy, he will use the picture of a swarm of locusts coming to Israel as a picture of the judgment that God would bring upon his people. And we're going to look at this, uh, particularly just chapter 2 tonight. Uh, I hope you read the whole book. Again, I'd like to encourage you to do that. These are fairly minor in length. Spend part of the Lord's Day reading the prophet for the day. Uh, But tonight, focusing just on chapter 2, as we see the prophet of God's judgment, bringing a warning of God coming to judge his people and using the picture of locusts. From verse 1. 
Blow a trumpet in Zion, sound an alarm on my holy mountain. Let all the inhabitants of the land tremble, for the day of the Lord is coming. It is near. And he's going to use these natural images as a picture of God's judgment. A day of darkness and gloom, a day of clouds and thick blackness. And the idea that Joel is giving here is this picture of when the locust would come and would, would head toward the land. They would be so dense and so great that they would even blot out the sun. That was the extent of the devastation they would bring, this huge swarm coming. It was a day of darkness, a day of gloom, a day of clouds and thick blackness. Like blackness, there is spread upon the mountains a great and powerful people. Now, he says people here, kids, but he means locusts. They would be so great and so many of them that they would be black on the ground. You would see them everywhere. A picture of God's judgment that was to come. He says, there, there's never been anything like them, nor there be anything like them again in the years of all generations. Fire devours before them. They're like a flame. A flame that comes and burns everything up. That would be the complete destruction God was warning of. He says in verse 3, The land is like a garden of Eden before them, but behind them a desolate wilderness, and nothing escapes them. Before the devastation of this horde of locusts will come, the land was beautiful like the garden of Eden, but afterwards... The judgment will be so complete, it will be complete desolation, like a desolate wilderness, and nothing escapes them. These natural pictures of what God would do when he would come in judgment, like a swarm of locusts coming upon the land. He gives these natural images, he gives military images. Verse 4, their appearance is like the appearance of horses, and like war horses, they run. The locusts coming and being so great and powerful, like horses coming upon the land. Verse 5, As with the rumbling of chariots, they leap on the tops of the mountains, like the crackling of a flame of fire, destroying the stubble, like a powerful army drawn up for battle. You can hear them coming, like the rumble of chariot wheels a long ways away, knowing that the, that the army is coming. You can hear the locusts as they prepare to descend upon the land. They come like warriors to destroy everything in their path. Verse 6, before them people are in anguish. All faces grow pale. Like warriors they charge. Like soldiers, they scale the wall. They march, each on his way. They do not swerve from their paths. They do not jostle one another. Each marches in his path. They come attacking in formation. Now, I, I have never seen this, but I've talked to folks who are in the Dakotas and who have gone through locust swarms, and they said, that's exactly what it's like. They come in a straight line. They come devouring everything in their paths. Yes, the, 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 uh, the adults come flying in, but the immature locusts come crawling on the ground in a straight line like an army and just eating up absolutely everything. 
You can hear the destruction as they come, everything in their path. Verse, verse 9, they leap upon the city, they run upon the walls, they climb into the houses, they enter through the windows like a thief. They are everywhere. They are everywhere and they destroy everything. This is what it will be like, Joel says, when God comes in judgment on the day of the Lord. Verse 10, the earth quakes before them, the heavens tremble, the sun and the moon are darkened, and the stars withdraw their shining. The Lord utters his voice before his army, for his camp is exceedingly great. He who executes his word is powerful, for the day of the Lord is great and very awesome. Who can endure it? Joel comes to warn the people that God will come in judgment upon them. God will come in judgment for their disobedience. And we know that the same is true for us. There is this coming day of the Lord. God will come once again to judge the living and the dead. We confess that every time we say the Apostles' Creed together. We believe He will come to judge the living and the dead. The texts we have read tonight, the songs we have sung tonight, are about God as a judge, one who comes in judgment. And Joel says this great day of the Lord, this very awesome day, who can endure it? Who can stand before such a judge? A one who will send a judgment like like locusts devouring the land, before it the Garden of Eden, after it desolate wilderness. That's what it'll be like in the day of the Lord when God comes again to judge the living and the dead. Everyone, everything laid before him and subject to his judgment. Who can stand in that day? Joel asks the question, who can endure such a day? And goes on to answer. Yet, Even now, declares the Lord, return to me with all your heart, with fasting, with weeping, and with mourning. Yes, God would come to judge. He would come to judge Israel. He will come to judge on the final day. But but yet, there is still hope. Who can stand? The one who can stand is the one who repents before God the one who repents of their sin. Return to me with your heart, with fasting, with weeping, with mourning. These were all expressions of their sorrow. But look what he says. Rend your hearts and not your garments. To rend one's garments, gets to tear one's garments, was a picture of repentance. And God says that's fine to have the picture, but the reality has to be there. Don't just look like you're sorry. But really repent for what you have done. Repent. Because sin is an offense against this holy, righteous God, this great judge that will come. He says, even now, even now there is hope. Rend your hearts, not your garments. Not simply an external show of piety, but humble yourselves before God. A heart that is is broken because of our sin, because our sin has been an offense to this great God. He says, return to the Lord your God, for he is gracious and merciful, slow to anger, 
and abounding in steadfast love. God will hear the cries of his people. God is gracious. God is merciful. And and that is what we rely on, on that great and terrible day. Not uh, Not the greatness of my repentance, that I've repented so well, God certainly has to hear me. No, his love, his mercy, his grace, slow to anger, abounding in steadfast love, he relents over disaster. Yes, the warning, the warning that judgment will come. But God, even now, even now, hears the cries of his people. If you are here tonight, you will face that great and awesome judge. And will you face him in your own good works, in your own righteousness? There is no hope there. It's like locusts devouring everything. Now we face him only through our Savior, Jesus Christ. The one who has who has stood in our place, who's been judged for us, we find our life in Him. We look to Him, and that's the call again tonight, to place our faith and trust in Him. For for Joel says, who knows whether He will not turn and relent and leave a blessing behind. God will not only relent from the judgment against us, but He will bless us on top of that. He will bless us with a grain offering and a drink offering for the Lord your God. He will bless us with those things to be used in his service, to worship him eternally. God is a holy, righteous judge who will come. The judgment will be a devastation like locust upon the land. But even now, yet even now, there is hope for those who repent before him. Return to me with your heart, with weeping, with fasting. Rend your hearts and not your garments. Return to the Lord your God. He calls them as individuals to humble themselves before God. He also calls them corporately to humble themselves in repentance. Verse 15, blow a trumpet in Zion, consecrate a fast, call a solemn assembly, gather the people. Consecrate the congregation, assemble the elders, gather the children, even even nursing infants. Gather everyone together. Corporately repent of the sins we have committed before God. He calls the people to recognize we belong together. We are responsible for each other. There are bonds between us. And corporately we must confess our sins and repent before God for what we have done. God is a judge, a righteous judge, a holy judge who will come on that great and terrible day of the Lord. That final day he will come in judgment. Yet he is also gracious and merciful, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love toward all those who repent before him. And then, not only does God hear the repentance of his people, but God gives blessing to his people. The transition from from the harshness of the judgment to verse 18. Then the Lord became jealous for his land and had pity on his people. The Lord answered and said to his people, Behold, I am sending to you grain and wine and oil. You will be satisfied, and I will no more make you a reproach among the nations. God would remove the curse 
and God would give them blessing. He goes on in verse 20. I will remove the northerner. That's the locust coming down. They came from the north. I'll remove the northerner far from you and drive him into a parched and desolate land, his vanguard into the eastern sea, his rear guard into the western sea. The stench and foul smell of him will rise, for he has done great things. Fear not, O land. Be glad and rejoice, for the Lord has done great things. Fear not, you beasts of the field, for the pastures of the wilderness are green, and the tree bears its fruit. The fig tree and vine give their full yield the warning of a devastation that would take away everything that was living. But when God comes with blessing, there is a restoration for the pastures, the wilderness now green, the trees bearing the fruit, the figs and the vines yielding up their fruit. God gives this picture of physical blessing for his people. I'll provide for them, he says. Verse 23, be glad, O children of Zion, and rejoice in the Lord your God, for he has given the early rain for your vindication. He has poured down for you abundant rain, the earlier and the latter rains as before. The threshing floor shall be full of grain. The vat shall overflow with wine and oil. God would send the rains, the rains in proper time, to be a blessing to his people. Again, all of these, all of these real physical images, these physical blessings God provides. When he comes on that great day of the Lord, he comes in judgment, but for his people, for those who are found in him, he will pour out blessing upon them. Pour out blessings to them physically and blessings to them spiritually. Verse 28, and it shall come to pass afterward that I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy your old men shall dream dreams. Your young men shall see visions. All of these things taking place, even on the male and female servants, in those days I will pour out my spirit. The outpouring of the spirit of God. Now I have to confess, as I was working through this text and coming to verses 28 and following, I've been talking about God coming in the day of the Lord a final day of judgment. But as we read these words from verse 28 and 29, we recognize them as those words that were quoted at the Pentecost event. Has this prophecy completely come to pass? Was it uh, completely fulfilled in the Pentecost event? Whenever we look at prophecy in the Scriptures, we recognize that there are layers of fulfillment. There are initial fulfillments and final fulfillments. And certainly in the Pentecost event, we have the initial fulfillment as God does pour out His Spirit on all flesh. But that does not exhaust everything in this prophecy. There is more blessing to come when the final day of the Lord arrives. There is that final blessing when God will come and provide His Spirit overwhelmingly on all of His people. We read in verse 30, And I will show wonders in the heaven and on earth, blood and fire and columns of smoke. The sun shall be turned to darkness, the moon to blood, before the great and awesome day of the Lord comes. And it shall come to pass that everyone who calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. 
For in Mount Zion and in Jerusalem there shall be those who escape, as the Lord has said, among the survivors shall be those whom the Lord calls. Yes, it did find an initial fulfillment in the Pentecost event, where now, now the gospel is preached promiscuously to all lands and nations and peoples and tribes. But there's a greatness, there's a fullness that will come in that final day of the Lord. Yes, God has blessed us with his spirit now, but there is more blessing to come. The day of the Lord will come, and for all those who stand with the Lord, who have repented before him, it is a day of great blessing and great joy. All, all who call on the name of the Lord shall be saved. The prophet Joel is a prophet of judgment. A prophet who, if you read chapter 1, talks about the locusts coming and the devastation there. Who In chapter 3, we'll talk about the devastation on the nations. In chapter 2, this picture of, of God's judgment that will come. A judgment harsh, severe, like locust upon a land. But even in that word of judgment, there's a word of hope. There's a word of grace and a word of mercy. Rend your hearts and not your garments. Return to the Lord your God, for he is gracious and merciful, slow to anger, and abounding in steadfast love. Yes, God will come. He will come on that great and final day. We do not know when that day is. But when God comes, it will be the day of the Lord, a day of judgment against all of God's enemies. But a day, a day of great blessing and hope for those who find themselves in Christ Jesus. Everyone who calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved and shall be taken through that terrible day. And God will provide all the blessings, all the blessings like the wine and the grain and the oil, all these beautiful pictures for each and every one of his chosen, all whom the Lord our God calls. Let's join together in prayer. Lord God, we thank you for the message of the minor prophets. We thank you, it is a message of significance. We know, O oh God, that you are a God of love. We saw that last week in the book of Hosea. And yet we also know that you are a God of judgment. And we see that in the prophet Joel. The devastation that will be wrought upon the earth for all who would stand against you, the holy, righteous judge over all creation. Yet, Lord God, what a blessing. What a blessing that you have chosen those who will belong in Mount Zion, who belong to Jerusalem, who are a part of your church, whom you have chosen, who will not only withstand the judgment, but who in that great and final day will receive all the blessing that you have promised. Lord God, encourage us with these words. If we are still standing against you, give us a fear, a fear of that great and terrible day. Lord God, if we have seen your work in our lives, if we have repented before you, we know your love and your mercy. Give us a great assurance, a great hope, that we might say, come, Lord Jesus, come quickly. We pray in his name. Amen.